This morning, I just want to share and unpack, and Pastor Kate will join me in a little while, about one of the things that I have, I'm really sensing in my heart, God has spoken to me about, and uh, this is Vision Sunday, and uh, what we want to do is just articulate a little bit about what I feel that God has placed on my heart, and, uh, and how it's going to out- outwork, and uh, of course, there's always a huge faith element in there. <laughs> Jesus said, come on, we're going to the other side. And I bet you there must have been a conversation, well, what's on the other side, and how are we going to get there, and what's the boat, and has we got enough life jackets for everyone, have we got this, that, the other thing. Jesus said, just said, we are going to the other side. And uh, sometimes he gives you the full picture, uh, but a lot of the time he doesn't. He shows you what you can become, he shows you, or paints a picture of the future. But then there's also the journey of getting there, and uh, you've got to have some excitement, you've got to have some fun along the way. Are you with me this morning? Yeah. I know it's hot, I know it's hot. If you've got your Bibles with you, let's just turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. This particular verse that I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me over the season, and I see it as not just a, a season or a time for a uh, a natural time is, uh, is in the course of this year, but I see it as a, a defining season in our life as a church. We've come, we've had a, uh, we went through one season in the last few years, we've, we've been through another season, but now I feel the winds are shifting again, so I don't want to just constrain what I'm about to share uh, just for the, the space of a year. Uh, I believe it's much more than that. And uh, this, the scripture that I felt God speak to me again out of was in Luke chapter 2 and verse 58. Two, start with 51. Verse 51, it says, Jesus went down with them and came to Nazareth, and he was subject to them. In other words, he was under his, the authority of his physical parents. But his mother, Jesus, kept, his mother kept all these things in her heart. And this 52, this is where I want to unpack today. It says, but Jesus, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, in favor, and in favor with God and men. It's a very, it's just a, you could really move past the scripture quite easily, but there's so much in there, and that over the course of this uh, year, I want to, we want to unpack a little bit more about this. In the, in, in the Orthodox Jewish version, it says, and Jesus kept increasing. In other words, he didn't just increase and then stop, but he kept increase. There was a increase that was uh, perpetuating over his life. In other words, it didn't just stop. It just, he just kept on growing. He kept on moving forward. This is reflective of the scripture in Job that I brought out earlier in the year, uh, last year, was the righteous, they keep moving forward. And those with a pure heart and clean hands will go from strength to strength. And so it's, a, it's, it's the plan of God that we not just grow a little bit, but keep growing that we keep developing in multifacets of our life. Growth is not just one-dimensional. And it's very easy to set a, a, a one-dimensional vision for our lives, and it's a, easy to set a one-dimensional vision for a church. But actually, the reality is, vision is multidimensional. There's the vision straight ahead. There's the vision, the peripheral vision around. There's the short and the long-term vision. Growth is also multidimensional. There's multi-facets to growth in our life. There will be multi-facets to the growth and, the, and where we're going as a church. And the first one I wanted to just bring out today was that he, uh, 
he kept growing, or he kept increasing in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and men. He just didn't just stop, but intentionally and persistently he committed himself to this journey of growth. And I was just meditating on this over the last couple of days. And one of the things I just find it, the Holy Spirit would just drop something into my heart, just kind of as he does. And what I felt him drop into my heart was so simple yet so profound was this, that if he didn't keep growing, if he didn't grow in all these areas, if he grew in one but not the other, unless he kept growing, he would never have filled his assignment on earth. Unless he kept growing, unless he intentionally grew, unless he intentionally kept growing in every of these facets of his life, he would never have had the capacity to fulfill his mission on earth. And I believe this, that if we do not grow intentionally, if we do not keep growing, if we do not keep moving forward, if we, do not, if we only grow in one dimension of, of our life, you will find that you can only get so far. You can only get so far if you only grow in one dimension. And that's why when you look at this, there was four distinct areas that he grew in. And I'm believing today, and since we start to unpack, I'm not going to pack all of it, but I'm just going to start a little bit and then put some, uh, put some uh, legs on it. First thing he grew was this, that he, the first part he grew, he says he grew in wisdom, or he kept growing in wisdom, he, he kept increasing in wisdom. I started to, I started to give uh, some consideration to this. One of the first places he started to grow was his internal life. Wisdom, when you see somebody when they grow in wisdom, you don't always see it on the outside, but wisdom is something that you can grow into. Wisdom starts with your thinking or the way that you think about life, the way that you process information. I mean, that doesn't encapsulate wisdom. But the first part, you, you've got to have something that wisdom can work with. <laughs> you can't just have an empty head. He grew in wisdom, he grew in knowledge, he grew in information, he started to search the Bible. The first thing we've got to grow in in our lives is this, we've got to grow in our thinking capacity. If our thinking capacity remains stagnant or we start to stop building into our thought life, if our thinking is not shaped correctly, you'll find that that eventually will shape everything else. So one of the first things that I encourage us to keep committing to grow in is our thought life. Start committing to, 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 to get our thinking right. Uh, wisdom is a, is a mental growth. Wisdom is the ability to apply knowledge or information in a meaningful way. Wisdom is the skillful use of knowledge. Your thinking has to be right. If we're going to grow our thinking about God, our thinking about our place in the world, we're thinking about church, all of it has to shift and be developed. It's important that we're always in a place where our thought life or our thinking, our eternal life, is in a place where it's, it's shaped, or we, uh, we discover new things, we, we, our thinking gets challenged on issues. It's important that we uh, keep building into that, but wisdom is something else. Wisdom is the capacity to apply what you know, or apply that information into something that's absolutely useful. I know some people, they've got a head full of knowledge, they've got no idea how to ha actually how to outwork that wisdom. Jesus was a man that he grew in wisdom. Wisdom had to do with internal life. It had to do with our internal thinking. But it also, I believe, had to do with his emotional life. It had to do with his emotional life. When you'll find over the, 
course of time that actually our emotions have a big impact on where we go and how we fulfill our mission. Friends, God has a, ch- a mission assignment for this church. God has a, an assignment for us as individuals, but he has an assignment for us as a collective family. Our first and immediate assignment is to win our region for Christ, our own city. Jesus has planted us here. You are planted in this church. We are planted in this church. And this church is planted in this community for an assignment to reach our community for Jesus Christ. The mission of Christ has never changed ever since he was on earth. Until he comes again, his mission on earth is to bring hope into the world around us. His mission on earth is to set it free those who are, who are bound up by the devil. He was to, to set it free who, peoples who are, uh, whose lives are held in bondage to, to proclaim vision, to proclaim liberty to people. There are people in our immediate community, our immediate neighborhood. They are the ones that God has assigned us to reach. He has positioned you in the neighborhood, in this church, in this region for a specific assignment. It was not by accident. It was not by accident. You think you chose that house. Yes, but God also had a plan. You think you chose this church. Yes, but God also had a plan. You were drawn here by the Spirit. That's why you should not leave except by the Spirit of God. The other part he he started to grow on was this, was the Bible says he grew in stature. I don't know about you, but when I just looked at the word stature, and the definition of the word stature, that definition was this, that there was a physical and a measurable growth. Hey, David. Our photographer over there. It was a physical and measurable growth. Sometimes we... uh, I hear people talk about they're growing in God, but I don't see any evidence at all. There's nothing. There's no, all their growth is just in here or somewhere, but there is no measurable growth. If you've got a child, I've, I've been to some people's houses and there is lines on the wall, on the door frame. Have you ever seen that? And especially if you've got a couple of kids, one's normally shorter than the other, and they've got a target that they're growing for. I've got kids and one of my kids has got a target that she's growing for. It's a physical, measurable growth status. And unless you, uh, so with Jesus, when he grew physically or grew stature, he grew tall, he grew physically. He not only grew taller, but he grew stronger. If he did not grow physically stronger, he could never ever have carried the cross. It may sound unvery spiritual, but it's actually the, the physical, his ability, his physical ability enabled him, had a big effect on his ability to fulfill the mission that God had assigned him to. Measurable and tangible growth is important in the eyes of God. Measurable growth for us as a church is important in the eyes of God. We don't want to just grow or say that we're growing internally, but there's no evidence of that. One of the things I believe that we're going to do is, uh, I felt God speak to me afresh about is this, having measurable and tangible growth goals for us as a church. I know when we're talking about the scripture here, we're talking about one individual, his name is Jesus. But you and I are the body of Christ, and so it applies to both for Jesus as an individual, but it also applies for us as a church collectively, and it also applies for us as individuals within the body. That there's got to be a physical growth, there's got to be a tangible growth, and uh, So Jesus physically grew taller. He came stronger. To carry the cross, it took physical strength. He had to develop muscle groups within his physical body. 
It's one thing to have strong legs, but if you can't lift anything, that's no good either. To develop physically means you've got to just not develop just one part of your body, one part of your life. You've got to develop multiple strengths. You've got to be able to develop multiple groups of muscles that work collectively in order for the whole body to work together. The Bible describes that, that the church is an organism. It has multiple parts that fit together. Some are stronger than others. Some are weaker than others. The point being is that they all got to work together in order to fulfill the mission that God has for us to do. If one part says no, the whole body feels it. If one part, if, there's always has to be a compensation somewhere else. We're going to start to unpack this a little bit further. But there's physical growth, there's physical things that we've got to do in order to fulfill the mission that God has for us to do. One of the things that we could do is that we, there is some, when you grow in, in strength, sometimes you've got to lose some things as well. Sometimes you've got to lose fat. Sometimes you've got to lose some excess baggage over your life. Sometimes you've got to lose excess things off your soul. There are things that we've got to lose, but there are things that we've got to gain. My question for you as an individual is, what kind of things can you lose off your life? Debt is something that you could lose. Wealth is something that you could gain. All of these are measurable things. Finance is something that's measurable. You measure how much money that you have. You can measure how much your investment has grown, or you can measure how much you have lost. In the same way, measurable or tangible measurements is something that we've got to have. And if we don't have that, then there's no targets. There's no, uh, there's no growth goals. There's nothing to set yourself towards. There's no motivation. So my encouragement, first of all, is that we need to, I believe, position ourselves physically, position ourselves, posture ourselves so that we can actually grow. Some of the things that I, I want to encourage us is this is that there's tangible goals that I'm believing for as a church. There's tangible goals, there's tangible growth points that I'm believing for a church. I don't know about you, but if you've ever, if you're involved in any physical exercise, you'll always have a goal to do something. You'll have a goal to run a marathon within a, if you can, first of all, run a marathon full stop. <laughs> you might be able to have a goal of, you want to uh, get to this size or get to this, this BMI, this body mass index. You want to, you have physical goals. You have something that you want to attain. And when you have that something that you want to attain, then there are some things in your life that you've got to let go of. In other words, you've got to stop eating McDonald's. Bummer. You've got to start to make sacrifices in your life. You've got to start to lose some things off your life in order to gain other things. You need to assign yourself. You've got to have a personal trainer. You've got to have somebody that can get on your case and say, come on, put your back into it. Get out of bed. Where are you? You're supposed to be here. You're supposed to be at the prayer meeting. Where are you? I'm praying by myself. On my face before the Lord. You've got to get somebody around you. That's the important. That's why you've got to have people around your life. Measurable and tangible goals. If you don't have something in front of you, you may be here today, and you may even struggle running to the letterbox. Friends, the first thing you can do is make that a goal. I'm going to make it to that letterbox. Wherever your start point is, it doesn't really matter. Just make a decision that you're going to grow. Make a decision that you're going to push forward in faith. Make sure you're going to make a decision today that you put some tangible goals around your life. One of the first things, that tangible growth that I am believing for is this. One of the first things I'm believing for, for us as a church is that we will reach at 1,000 people. 
Come on. Why settle? Why settle? Growth, Jesus kept increasing. He didn't just get to this point and say, well, that's, that's kind of good enough. That's, that's as strong as I need to be. Jesus kept increasing. Why, why settle at three, four hundred people? Why settle there? Why settle for where you are right now? Why settle for where we are as a church? Look, we've done huge things with a small amount of people. But God has got so much more for us yet. We've got 60,000 in just in our city alone. We've got 120,000 in our region. Why settle for a church of 400? Why not settle for a church? Why not aim for five? Why not aim for 1,000 people? Why not aim for 2,000 people? Why not? Together we can do more. It's not just about numbers. The Bible says one can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000. You will find that when you work together and work collaboratively, not just cooperate, but work collaboratively together, you will find that strength, you will find that influence also starts to increase. People can only do so much by themselves. You can only do so much by yourself before you discover actually you need people around you. And that's why he also grew socially. <laughs> The Bible says that he grew uh, in favor with God and men. So he developed a spiritual life, but he also developed a very strong and healthy social life. You think a social life has got nothing to do with ministry? It absolutely has. It absolutely has. It's important that we know how to socially connect with people. It was God's plan. It was his plan that he... You think, Jesus touched every person from all walks of life. He knew how to relate, relate to young people. He knew how to relate to older people. He knew how to submit to his mum and dad. He knew, how to, he knew how to do all of these things. He also knew how to relate to people of different religions. He also knew how to relate to people of different cultures. He also knew how to relate to people that were ratbags. He knew how to relate to people who were, thought they were better than everyone else. He knew how to relate to people. One of the things that we're going to grow in as, as a church is our ability to relate to people you'll find that the church, the early church, it had multi-cultures. They spoke different languages. They fostered different languages. They had different age brackets. And I believe that, for me, one of the things that we've had on our heart all along is that this church would be a multicultural church. And you find that right now, that God is moving upon the Māori and Pacifica people, which means this. What does that mean? This means that you've got to have a heart that's open to them. One of the things that you can do to have an open heart is to learn to understand the language, learn to understand the people, learn to understand the culture, embrace the culture. If you've never had a boil-up before, <laughs> now's the first time to start. Maybe we just have a big church boil-up. That's why it's important Jesus would have learned to understand the language, understand what different cultures and what, they, what was important to them. You can't, we cannot grow as a church and just be growth in just one culture. That means this, that we'll start to sing songs that have in, in Rao or maybe even Pacifica. It just means change. If we want the idea of a multicultural church sounds good unless until you get to the point where you've got to start to embrace somebody's culture that's different to yours. Start to understand their world. Start to sing some songs that maybe is a language that's foreign to you. That's all part of growing in ministry. 
if we want to grow as a church, we're not just going to have a church full of yellow people or, or, or white people or... <laughs> no. We're going to sing some reggae music or just have some wire sometime, you know? Why not? Why not? Jesus grew relationally as well. I'm believing for a tangible growth that would have a thousand who attend our services or our community groups. I'm believing that each year that we can establish 10 to 20% growth. That's small but measurable. But if you keep that consistent, you will find that you will just grow compoundingly. You'll just keep growing. Hillsong Church, for example, grow on an average of 7% per year. That's about it. So they have consistently grown, persistently and consistently and intentionally grown for 7% every year. And now they're into the thousands. There's no reason at all why we can't just grow uh, 10 to 20% a year. You could grow 10 to 20% a year. And we can start to unpack with some measurables even further. Uh, one of the things I'm also believing for is new facilities to be established. And on that note, friends, on that note, we have just purchased a building in Central Hawke's Bay. Sometimes you've just got to step out and believe for new territory. I am believing for new territory. I'm believing that God will open up and God will pour out his spirit upon even the smallest communities. People there need hope too. And when you buy something, when it's not just for the sake of purchasing something, but it's actually a stake in the ground to say, actually, we are here to believe. We believe in you as a community. We are here as a, as a place to... Uh, there's an investment into this community because we're here to see you blessed and to see God's plan and established over your lives. So unless you set a, a faith step, unless you do something, nothing happens. We've got, we've got great church down there and we've got great people, but we just decided, actually, we just need to make a faith step and put a stake in the ground and say we're here for the long haul. So we've got a new church building. And one of the things that we'll do within the, in the next two weeks, we'll organize a... A, uh, a trip down there, we'll open up the doors and everyone can take a, a trip and have a look through and uh, it'll be fantastic. One of the things I'm also believing for is, is greater increase in miracles and testimonies. I'm believing that every week, every week, we have testimonies of supernatural power of God moving in our lives. Even if it's just one or two, it does not matter. Unless we have testimonies, unless people are speaking out, that is a degree, that is a measure of degree, that is a measure of of the supernatural power working in our lives. We can't talk about having the supernatural moving and not demonstrate it and not testify in front of people. Jesus said to the New Testament church, you shall be witnesses to me. Or in other words, you're not just going to know about me, but be te you will testify of, of, of my goodness and my mercy and my power. I'm believing that every week we'll have supernatural testimonies, whether it is uh, a, a testimony of provision, whether it's a testimony of breakthrough, but every week we'll be believing for testimonies. It has to happen. Otherwise, we're just entertaining ourselves. I'm believing that this house will be full of testimonies. I'm believing that uh, not just from the front, but the testimonies I'm looking for uh, within the people, within, I'm looking for testimonies amongst you that uh, this person prayed for this person and they got a miracle. This person prayed, this, this, our car park, car park people prayed for this person and they got a miracle. I'm praying for, oh, this, this, this child out here prayed for this adult over here and they received a miracle. 
I'm believing that this home group leader or this new Christian, this person, even they've been saved, and they prayed for this person, they got a miracle. Yeah. This is powerful stuff. It happens. I know, I know it already happens. But I want to see more of it in here. But unless we say, this is what we want, unless we put a demand on God, this is what we are believing for, we can hope about it all we like. I'm believing for new, test, new facilities to be established, not just one here, not just one down south, but I'm believing for multiple around the region. One, another another uh, uh, growth point I'm believing for is this, is our prayer life. Okay. Unless we are growing in prayer, prayer is going to be the substance of everything that we do. Prayer is going to be the foundation. Unless we're growing in our prayer life, you may be comfortable growing, praying for one minute. Make a decision today to set a target that you're going to pray for 15. Okay, Pastor Kate. Awesome. So uh, we've got some incredible prayer initiatives that we're going to roll out and teach you and train you over the coming weeks. And one of them is called, you're going to see it coming up soon, it's called Take 15. And uh, essentially it's this, is that we're believing. See, we can believe for great big things. Um, citywide prayer meetings, yep, we'll believe for that. But until every household in this church is praying, is a praying household, we can't believe for out there, amen? Yeah. So we've got an initiative we're about to roll out called Take 15. And we're believing that our first growth step is that every household in this, uh, in this church would pray for 15 minutes a day. And you might say, well, I already have my prayer time. We're not talking about that. We're talking about people getting together. You might be sitting here and going, man, I live in a house where people don't even want to know about Jesus. Then we're saying do it on your own or do it with your children or do it with whoever. And you might say, you don't understand my kids, man. It's just even hard to say grace at the table with people <laughs> doing things. But here's what you can do. You can break it down to tangible goals. Five minutes at breakfast, five minutes after school, five minutes before bed. If you're not sure, I don't know what to pray. You know what? We're going to roll out strategies. We're going to roll out prayers that you can use until you're comfortable praying on your own, until you're comfortable creating your own prayers. But we're going to help you because we want to empower you to grow. So our, one of our faith goals with prayer is that every family would be a praying family in this church. You know what? If every family prayed together, what couldn't we shift? The Bible says in Luke one thirty seven, for with God nothing shall be impossible. So if we come into agreement with his word and his will, we can um, do so much more together, amen? Also, uh, you'll find in, your, in the little bag you got today, you will find a prayer card and you will find a praise card. Now, these will be available all of the time at the Ask Me Desk. When you have a prayer need, here's what we want you to do. We want you to write what your prayer need is. Now, we're not here to solve your problem, but we are here to stand with you in agreement and believe for your breakthrough, amen? Yeah. That's what we're here to do. So we want you to write it down. Um, you can put it into an offering bag as it goes around, or you can put it in the slot in the Ask Me desk. And uh, we will pray as a church staff. At times when the offering happens, we will hold them up before God as a church, and we will pray. We've got a prayer team that is just about to start, or that have already start to, started to mobilize. They will also get a copy of these. Here's the step that's even more important than knowing about your prayer request is that you come back and you write a praise report about your breakthrough. We need, that's what we need. We need you to write, this is what God did when we stood together and we prayed. This is the power of God and this is my miracle. And we want you to declare that as well. And we're going to declare them out loud. We're going to declare them uh, in the natural and we're going to declare them in the spirit.
Amen. The other part of our prayer life is we want to increase fasting as well. And uh, it's important that to, to, to get the breakthrough, to get the growth that we are looking for, it means that you have to afflict your soul in some way. You have to sacrifice something in order to, to gain something else. When you physically, when you push yourself, when you, if you want to grow financially, there's two things that you can do. Like I'm using finances because they're measurable. If you want to grow financially, one of the things that you could stop doing is stop spending on money that you don't need to be spending it on. Or you could sacrifice some things. You could sacrifice the coffee. You could sacrifice this. You could sacrifice some of the pleasures in your life. You could fast off some of those things in order for you to gain financially over here. The other thing that you could also do is to invest into yourself. Even the process of, of investing means that you have to forego something in order that you can gain something else over here. And so one of, one of, these are some of the things that will help in, uh, over the journey. But fasting is something that you can grow in, that we can grow in collectively, but we can grow in division. And I believe as we grow in, in this area of fasting and prayer and our devotion to the Lord, it will open up the supernatural. There are dimensions in the supernatural that do not open unless we pray and unless we fast. And for me personally, I've, I've been really challenged by Pastor Mike uh, in his fasting right now. In that, I mean, I've done some fasting. I, I fast, but yeah, I kind of cheat a little bit sometimes as well. But I know Pastor Mike, but I've just, I just felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit again through Pastor Mike again, uh, just increasing the, the fasting level. If, instead of fasting for a couple of days, the fast for a week, instead of doing a partial fast, like a, a Daniel fast, try fasting the whole lot. And for me, I've, uh, just after hearing Pastor Mike fasting three weeks, uh, just only water. It's a powerful goal, but what believing for is that there's going to be a greater outpouring of, of the supernatural over his life. You're exchanging one thing for something else. And for us, I want to encourage us to develop in our prayer and also develop in our fasting life. Set goals this year. Set goals that you're not going to fast just for the sake of fasting, but that God has something for your life. God has something in your finances. God has something for you to accomplish if you are want to discover a sense of purpose inside of your life, just start fasting. You'll find that God will start to speak to you. If you're believing for supernatural growth, start increase your measure of fasting. Increase what you fast. Kind of uh, an oxymoron, really, because fasting means going without, but you're going to increase. But I encourage you to grow in this area, because I believe as we grow, we will see the outpourings of miracles. It won't happen unless we're prepared to grow in this area. Uh, another thing I'm believing for is I'm believing for 70% 70 70 of people to be going through our growth tracks. When we set up a growth track, Pastor Mike's got, his, uh, got the apostolic growth track. It's not a course for the sake of going through a course and ticking the box. It's going through a course to say, it signals saying, I am willing to grow in my life. I'm going to get my thought life developed. I'm going to get my prayer life developed. I'm going to get this part of my life developed because uh, there is something greater that God has for me as an individual, but there's also something greater for me that God has for us as a church. So I encourage you uh, to, to get involved in intentional growth. I'm believing for as a church that, one, that there'll be 70% of people engaged in growth in somewhere. You always have people to a certain degree of people that just don't want to grow, and that's fine. You make that choice. But I'm believing for 70%, that would be the majority of us as a church committed to growing in some part of our life. Why not? Why not? I don't want to just have a 
church full of people who are not committed to grow. I gave my life, I've committed my life to see you grow. So bye, hokey bye. I'm going to be on to you. I've sacrificed. We sacrifice a lot, not so you can feel good, but so that you can grow. Um, don't sacrifice for you to come and just clap your hands in church. I sacrifice so that you will discover who God has called you to be. We sacrifice our family time. We, I'm, not, I'm, I'm just speaking reality here because I love what we do. I do it for any. I, I'm not here because I do it for anything other reason. But we sacrifice because I believe in you. I believe that God's got a great plan for your life. I believe that we can do more together. That's why I sacrifice what I sacrifice. So I'm believing that the majority of us will be on a course of growth. <laughs> I also believe that they will have 60 to 70% of people engaged in serving somewhere. It's important that we are engaged. It's important that there is an outflow of what we receive. It's important that we're serving somebody. Jesus himself came to serve. He came to serve people. We've got to be serving people somewhere. If we're not engaged serving, if there's no outflow, all we're going to do is just chock her up. And when you get too chockered up, you get stomach problems. You've got to have people. We've, people, we've got to be serving somewhere. We've got to be serving the people around us. We've got to be serving, uh, engaged in serving the people that God has placed in our lives. Serving those who can't be served, who can't serve you back. One of the things I'm believing for is that we'd have 60 to 70% of people serving. And uh, I encourage you, if you're not serving anywhere, if you're not serving in prayer, if there's no practical serving somewhere, I encourage you to be involved in there. This is how we grow. We grow not just by hoping more people will come. We grow by intentionally reaching out and intentionally serving people. One of the other things I'm believing for is this, that we'll start to have mission trips. I'm believing for at least three mission trips a year. There's something about going on a mission trip, going outside your wall, going outside, maybe it's to, uh, maybe it's to the islands or maybe it's a little bit further, but it's important that we're engaged in uh, mission experiences that shake our worldview. Uh, I'm so, uh, so encouraged by people like Gary and Glenda Simpson how their heart reaches out to the Vanuatu people and how they reach beyond themselves. Gary and Glenda, you're just incredible people. Uh, just love your heart for people. And so we want to see, uh, empower people for mission trips. I want to see a mission trip, uh, see Gary to, to, to mission trips in, in Vanuatu. We're also believing for places like Pakistan and India. It's important that you get out on a mission trip somewhere. And uh, if you want to come to Pakistan with me, boy, you'll have the adventure of a lifetime. So mission trips, we want to see an increase in mission trips. Now, in terms of the strategy and how we're going to grow and how we're going to reach these people, you've got to structure, you've got to arrange. It's, it's, it's one thing to be able to state, yeah, we want 1,000 people, we want this, we want, want that. But it's another thing to set yourself up for that success. And so one of the things that uh, I want to talk about is, is this, just, just quickly, is our strategy. The, the, the strategy that God gave me right from the start, and funny enough, it was the same that he also gave Pastor Mike, was the story of of uh, Nehemiah, when Nehemiah rebuilt the city. He wasn't just rebuilding walls, but he was building a whole community. One of the things it talks about in Nehemiah was this, is that there were different sections of his, of his, of his building. One of the things that he did was he, there were, he, he assigned people to build different sections of the wall. And so one of the things I feel in my heart was to do is this, is that our church, we have almost like different sections that all need to be developed, but all work together as one. The first one is this, is that 
uh, the Sunday expressions, what we're having now, I call it as an expression because we come to give, we come to express collectively. We come to receive, but we also come to express. When we come and worship, we, we give an expression, we express our gifts, we express honor and glory to God, we come in it as an expression. So our Sunday services are, are, are a space or they're a, a, a sector of the church. It takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of involvement, there's so many people serving just to put this on. And so one of the things we want to grow is we want to have teams assigned to the Sunday expression so our Sunday services are the best that they can be. Uh, two, we also, the other part is the community connect groups. I use the word community because this, when I, I, when I, whenever I heard the word cell group, it's not that I'm, but when you hear the word cell, often I found it refers to a clone of, of something. But one of the things God has placed in my heart is that we would not all be clones, that we would celebrate individuality, that there would be groups of people who were different from other groups of people. And collectively, we work together to form the church. And it's, you can't grow just, well, you can only grow to a certain degree just on a Sunday services. But the pastoral care and, and, and intentional growth is done by working together. And uh, my, so my heart is this, that I use the word big community connect groups is because this. Community cultivates uh, or, or community reflects diversity. Reflects diversity. And we're going to, you just look around, you can see a whole pile of people, they're all different. And not, we're not all one color, but yet we're diverse in so many different ways. And that's a wonderful thing. And that's what I want to cultivate. I want to cultivate uh, uh, groups or community groups that reflect the, the nature of the different parts of the community, church community. The world's also using the word community also to me, it shapes what in my heart to build. Friends, I'm not here to build uh, an organization as such, but we are organized. We are an organization, but we are more of a community. Jesus talked about our Father in heaven. So one of the, 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 it's important that we have in our mentality that the church is more of a family, it's more of a community than it is an organization. There's an organized aspect to it. There's an army aspect to it. There's a hospital aspect to it. There's a business aspect aspect to it, but it's primarily, it's a community which encapsulates all of that. So as a church, I'm believing not just to build an organization that just eats people up, I'm believing to build a family, a community that cultivates people and helps them discover who they are in, who they are in God and help them on their journey of life. That's what I'm believing for. So that's why I call it community connect groups. Uh, the growth track is going to be the third thing, is that we need a place for people to grow, and the growth track, we've just started it. But one of the things I'm believing for is that, that we'll develop into, uh, we can go as far as we want it to. It could even develop into a university. Uh, but we've got to be intentional about providing elements of growth for, for people to grow uh, in, in the various aspects of their life. The other thing would be missions and evangelism. We have to be proactively reaching out our community. We have to be putting uh, a focused effort into, uh, into the, the mission aspect and also the evangelism aspect of what we do. We've got to be reaching out to people. If we're not reaching people, we'll never grow. We've got to be proactively reaching people. All of us have to have an element of our life. We are reaching out practically. We're reaching out to people in, our, in, in, the, in, in the world around us, but also the people beyond. We've got to have that. And also another space that we'll be developing is media. Now, our church is... Uh, uh, it's changed in so many different ways. Our influences have spread so far. And media has become a way in which so many people around the world today are connected to who we are, the spirit of what we carry, but they can't physically be here. 
Part of the way that we can reach people is through media. So media will be a space that we'll also develop. So this is a strategy I'm also believing, that, believing to, uh, that we'd use these sections. Uh, and one of the things that you'll find of Nehemiah was this. So I'll, I'll get into that shortly. But our mission as a church is, I find it can be broken down into just the three, three simple elements. One is to care for people. We've got to care for people. We've got to care for the ones that, uh, that are amongst us, but we've got to care for the people who are around us as well. Jesus said to Peter, if you love me, then, then feed my sheep, care for my people. Jesus is a good shepherd. A good shepherd will care for his people. And I'm not the only shepherd. We could all be shepherds. We can all be people that can care for one another. But I want to make sure that our care and our love for one another and our love for the people, the love for our family is strong. That we don't miss people out. That we don't, that there's no one with need. There's people here, it would be my heart that this, that there's no one here that has no self-imposed need. <laughs> you know, if people are struggling, that we can help them along their journey. That we can care for people. That we can grow people. Actually, my, our heart is to, is to grow people. It's not just to care for people, but part of caring for people is to help them grow. For my, my role as a dad is simply to do, is, is, is to do this, is to care for my kids, to provide for my kids, but also to help them grow, as, as, not just as kids, but help, help them discover, help them on their journey of growth. And that's what we, should, what we need to be doing as a church. We grow our family. The third area is to be reaching people. All of us, in some form or another, need to be caring, growing, or reaching for people. If we can do that, it's, it's simple. We can all be reaching somebody. We can all be reaching somebody beyond our closest circle or beyond the, the ones that are familiar to us. We can all be caring for somebody. It's caring for somebody that's outside. That you Just caring for people, full stop. But most of all, caring for our own family. And three, being committed to grow. In terms of leadership, uh, one of the, this is how I intend to, to grow it is the, in terms of leadership is this, is that it's the biblical mandate of, 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 of deacons, uh, the fivefold ministries of, of apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. My heart is that this group of people would be a group of people who are, who are, who are fathers and mothers in the church, who are in the faith, who will bring the body into maturity. So one of the things I'm believing for this is to establish fivefold ministries in the church. I can see them already start to emerge. My heart is this, that fivefold ministries, the, the apostles, the prophets, the pastors, the teachers are here and they will come. My heart is to see them arise and to, uh, and, and to be part of bringing the body into maturity. Uh, again, this is, a, this is a process that it doesn't happen just straight away, but we journey it. We just point it in a direction. The next level will be eldership, uh, where there will be a group of elders or fathers and mothers that can help facilitate and help support the journey. Uh, one of the things that we'll be doing in there will, will be uh, have also ministry leaders. So in other words, we'll set ministry leaders in place that can actually help develop these, uh, the Sunday services, the community groups, the growth track, the evangelism, the media. It's all very well to say, yes, they're there, but you've got to actually have somebody on it to drive the mechanics of it, to actually make the whole thing happen. So one of the things that they had in Nehemiah chapter 3, where there were teams of people, Nehemiah set up teams of people. And if you read through Nehemiah 3, you'll find this, that one, there was a person, and then it says next to them, there were a whole group of people. And you'll find that all through Nehemiah chapter 3, it says, next to them, next to them, this person and next to them, this person next to them, then underneath them, and then next to them. But you'll find the word next to them repeats itself so many times within, uh, within Nehemiah chapter 3, which is indicative of the structure that, that Nehemiah used in order to rebuild the community. 
So for me, one of the things I have is this, is that one, we need point people to, to, to lead or to facilitate the, the different expressions and the different areas of the church. But next to them, there'll be a whole bunch of people that are working with them, that are supporting them, that are owning that part of the wall, that are committed to building this part. And this is what I see as being elders, being live. People who will help, people that will come together, that will have their hands on the work, hands on the people to help us grow in these different areas. Uh, another area we'll also have is deacons. Uh, deacons were also uh, powerfully used in the New Testament. Stephen was a uh, he was one of the first martyrs, but he was a man that moved in the power of God. He moved in the supernatural, but he was also a deacon in the church. So I'd encourage you today, this is just, a, uh, I've given you a, a broad stroke, but I've also given you specifics of how you intend to accomplish the vision and the mission that Christ has for us as a church. I believe that our greatest days are ahead, but unless you put legs on them, unless you put measurables, unless you start to put people into a place, and that is what will help facilitate the vision and the mission that Christ has for us. When Jesus, and the Bible says that he saw the multitudes and his eyes were moved with compassion. He just didn't stay compassionate, but he set people. He set elders. He set apostles into place. He set 12 apostles. Then he sent another 70. All of them moved in conjunction. All of them worked together to see the mission of Christ fulfilled on this earth. Now, I want to encourage you today. We are in the greatest hour, I believe, in the future of our church but it takes this, it takes it to get it out of good thinking and good ideas and being moved with compassion to be having a tangible growth, to be having a tangible uh, steps that we put in place, a, a tangible structure that will build us and help us grow as a church. And I want to invite you to be a part of that. I believe what we have as a church is something absolutely phenomenal. There are people all around the nations that are coming together into this place. They, they can feel what God has placed in the heart of us. And you are a part of that. I would love for you to, to make a commitment this year, to make a commitment to, to grow, make a commitment to set tangible growth, make a commitment this year to, to do what it takes to grow in the mission that Christ has for us as individuals and also what he has for us as a church. Will there be conflicts in the way? Absolutely, guarantee it. But love will always bind us together. Will there be things that are a little bit foggy? Yes, but we work it out on the way. Jesus just said, come follow me. Come follow this path that I will lead you on and I will make you fishers of men. There's always a faith element to, to, to building. There's always a faith element to reaching out. There will always be a faith element to growing as a church and growing as believers. If we had all the details, there's no faith involved. If we knew it all, there'd be no faith. I want to encourage you today, take a step of faith. Be like Ruth, who we preached about last week. Be, a, be like Ruth, that if you're in a place of barrenness, if you're in a place of pain, make a decision in your heart to take a step closer. It wasn't just a good message, it was a prophetic word from God. Don't be like Orpha, who, who in her disappointment and her pain made a decision to kiss her and walk away, and that was the end of her life. Make a decision to come closer. Make a decision to come closer to in relational connection. Make a decision to come closer to Kate and I. Make a decision to come closer to the people that God has put into this place. And you'll find that your life will start to unfold. You'll come into a place of blessing. And you and I together as a, as a group of people, as the family of God, will, I believe will grow into the fullness of what God has for us. I want to see with my own eyes what God has for us as a church. Not just in my heart, not just in my spirit, but I want to see what He has for us. I want to get to that place of a thousand people and say, yes, we did it. Now it's too small for us again.
I want to see it. I want to see you part of it. I want to see you as apostles. I want to see the giftings that God has placed in your life come out of you and not just stay all bottled up from here, but come out. We do that, we will grow. I would love you just to bow your heads and just close your eyes. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your goodness. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the journey that you've brought every one of us on. Thank you, Father, for the assignment that you've given us as a church to reach our community, to bring your glory, to bring your love into our immediate community. Lord, I thank you for the assignment that you've given us to, to bring your supernatural power into our nation, to awaken the soldiers, to awaken the people of God in our nation. Thank you for the assignment that's in front of us. Lord, I pray today for every person here that you would speak into their heart. Holy Spirit, I pray today that you would lift up their eyes today. Father, for those who are got weighed down by the things of life or concerns or pain or disappointment, Lord, I pray today that you would lift up our eyes again. Lift up our eyes that we would see the harvest. Lift up our eyes beyond disappointment. Lift up our eyes beyond our immediate surroundings. But lift up our eyes, I pray, Holy Spirit, to show us in our lives today. Show us what you have for us, I pray. Even as you did to Abraham, that you brought us out and you lifted up our eyes. Lift us up again, I pray, in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that you've caused us to shake this nation. I thank you that you've called us to shake the nations of the world. I thank you today that you've called us to be a light and a hope into this community. Now I pray, Lord, that you would speak to your people, that there would be a rising amongst your people today in Jesus' name, that we would arise as your people today. Lord, I bless every household here today in Jesus' name. I bless every life today in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for the thousands of people that you've got for us to touch. I thank you for the widows that you've got for us to minister to. I thank you for the solo mums that you've called us to reach. I thank you for the groups of people. I thank you for the Polynesians. I thank you for Tangata Whenua. I thank you for the Africans. I thank you for the people groups of the nations that you have for us to reach. I thank you for the Pacific Islanders. I thank you for those in Vanuatu. Lord, I pray today, Lord, that they would come and they would experience your goodness in this house. Lord, I pray that you would raise up people from here and send them to the nations, that you would send them into our community spaces in Jesus' name. We give you all the honor and all the glory. And all God's people said, come on, all God's people said, come on, there's so much more that God has for us. Come on, let's rise to our feet this morning.